1: Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer
7: and Mike Harman.
2: Week 11 is in the books, and we have a special edition of I Want Your Flex. It's a Thanksgiving edition. We know you're going to be busy. Hopefully, you're going to be safe during the Thanksgiving Day holiday. So this is the only pod that you're getting from us this week. So Mike and I are not only going to look back at what happened on Monday night between the Rams and Buccaneers and the rest of Week 11, but we're also going to look ahead to who you need to pick up in Week 12 and what you could see in Week 12. We've got the triple header on Thursday night with the three thanksgiving games or the i should say thursday all day with the three thanksgiving games and then we'll ride you into saturday and then what happens on monday night football as well get mike on twitter at swollen dome i'm at dan Byer on fox and for everything that we've had crazy this year mike the nfl has been that constant that normal that uh, sports fans can rely on because even college football has been wacky the only thing that we've had to adjust to is seeing no fans of the stands and now to have a thanksgiving week like it actually does feel normal even though we may not be getting together with family and friends as much
1: all about those virtual uh, gatherings dan uh you know, people will be able to sneak a, an extra sip of wine that maybe they'd be g- called on by a family member in a normal <laughs> gathering, but you know, or maybe a couple extra bites from the snack table, but uh, you know, the usual three games get you fired up. We get the beginning of college basketball coming in over the, the next couple of weeks that get people excited. My Northwestern Wildcats are going to be the talk of all of my Thanksgiving phone calls, but it it's just it's the normalcy, right? We, you talk about college football one of the big topics to start the week was the fight over clemson and florida state and you know saboteurs and, and hiding out and everything else here it's the nfl just keeps going whatever the bad news is at times or curious news or uncertainties it's all right it's game time kick the ball off and let's go so on
2: monday night by the way again you could always hit us up at the I Want Your Flex. Twitter handle at I want your flex. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get Mike at Swollen Dome. On Monday night, the Rams went to Tampa, dropped the Buccaneers 27 to 24. As Jared Goff was able to throw it around the lot, was picked off a couple of times, but still uh, had a couple of had had a pair of wide receivers catch double digit passes, break the 100 yard mark. as Goff throws for three scores and uh, plus 370. Well, the guy on the other sideline. Eh, Tom Brady, 216 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. An ugly affair for the GOAT on Monday.
1: Yeah, if the GOAT runs that one in himself instead of Leonard Fournette, it's a pretty nice fantasy day, right? All of a sudden, we're back into the back end of the QB1s. And at least for fantasy purposes, you breathe a sigh of relief and move on. Instead, Fournette has the plunge. You see the the interceptions and just the inefficiency of the offense. Our job here is not to break down all of those uh, misgivings, but with the number of wideouts they have and big targets, the fact that they couldn't crack the Rams' pressure, right because they didn't need to send extra guys which is becoming the book on Brady as he gets older just uh, if you can get there with four uh, makes it a lot harder for him to find the spot and he doesn't have the arm necessarily to thread the needle and you saw that on the throw to Brate and unfortunately in some other circumstance so he was 19th this week amongst fantasy quarterbacks you got your touchdown from Mike Evans which was a nice bonus The play before the touchdown, he'd gotten body slammed by Jalen Ramsey, came back up the next play, and for whatever reason, he switched off to Chris Godwin, thereby letting Mike Evans go strong arm and find his way into the end zone. That was your fantasy saver because he wasn't uh, a monster overall. But for fantasy purposes, you mentioned Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods. I like some explosive plays out of that offense. That's what I've been waiting on, even if the run game just basically fell forward
2: moving on to our three-point conversion because that will piggyback on what uh, you just said my three-point conversion from the last time we met included Ronald Jones the Buccaneers running back had that huge game against Carolina and I just wasn't buying it just mentioning the 96 yard touchdown run that he had or was it 98 yards I can't even remember anymore yeah 98 and while he had 98 yards on that one run Take that away. He still had ninety yards in that game, but that's fifteen points. That's fifteen point eight points on one play for Ronald Jones, and that's just that's not going to happen. And the Ronald Jones that we've seen in in other weeks again appeared on Monday night, and it may not be his fault. He's not that great of a, a back out of the backfield. We've talked about, but neither is Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette's getting. I mean he had he had he he was all thumbs at times on Monday night. So the Buccaneers running game was a mess. I told you to beware of Ronald Jones and I hope you listened to me there. I hope you didn't listen to me when I said start Alex Smith because that didn't work out necessarily well. Washington got the win they just didn't need Alex Smith to do a lot in that contest. And then the Green Bay running backs told you to hold off of them against Indianapolis. While both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones did get into the end zone to maybe salvage the day Jamal Williams only had 16 total yards. Aaron Jones ended up with 71 total yards and that score so he had an okay day so I'll give myself a one and a half out of three on our three-point conversion from a week ago
1: well I'll give you my, my three real quick Dan um, Jameis didn't see the field <laughs> except to shake hands uh, after the game it ended up being the Taysom Hill show and we'll get to that in a minute uh the IMI captain Kirk Cousins fine yeah they lose they lose against dallas in those really cool looking purple uniforms uh you know i celebrate all the purple i tried to tell our boss scott shapiro hey that's part of a win isn't it because does that help in my standings like a no but in your heart of hearts they looked good and stylish in that game <laughs> uh and then aaron Rodgers was my third one just saying hey take a look at your options he finished seventh for the week among qb's
2: Those were our three-point conversions from when we met last time uh, previewing Week 11. You mentioned Taysom Hill as a pickup. When we recorded the podcast, we did not get the official word, obviously, as you alluded to with the Jameis Winston uh, mention, that Taysom Hill was going to be the starting quarterback. And that opened the floodgates in the world of fantasy football, which, by the (laughs) way, I love because this isn't the stuff that gets talked about a lot on – national radio or on our network but we can we can do it here you sent out a tweet on monday night after it was revealed that ESPN on their site decided to take away the tight end the tight end designation that Taysom Hill had, which was actually a dilemma that was over the weekend because there were other sites. Yahoo, the Daily Fantasy Leagues, they did not have Taysom Hill with a tight end designation. They only had him at quarterback. So it was ESPN was one of those one-offs that did, but it sent it it sent a lot of shockwaves through the through fantasy leagues and how this was being dealt with. You and I are on the opposite ends of things. I don't want to speak for you, but I will just say my piece and let you go. But I just didn't think it was fair for a variety of reasons that Taysom Hill should be played as a tight end in week 11. And I thought it was an extreme unfair advantage uh, for fantasy lineups that were allowed to do so. You have the floor, Mike Carmen
1: yeah, I, I think it just comes down to, you know, obviously, uh, perhaps unintended, but a giant, you know, wormhole loophole, whatever you want to walk through. And he'd had the, would have had the tight end designation already. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're looking at if someone had wanted to use him in the past, given all look, and we could argue about whether he should have had the running uh, the the tight end position at all. Right. I think that's that's that was one of my points in terms of like when when, right?
2: when we talk about this off air you're not yeah. supposed to use my points yeah. against me on the air no no that's, no but but that's what i was, but, but that what I was holster, trying Mike. i was
1: that's what i'm gonna bring I was, up and go do,
2: do, 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 do. no go ahead yeah
1: I, I didn't know we were in the hot seat or whatever the hell we're calling it. <laughs> i i i was more I'm never saying, giving you like, my ammo again never again <laughs> No, but but that was a point you brought up. I was going to give you full credit. I, I'm not taking credit for it. But, but like, obviously, that that's a legit point of was he ever truly a tight end? And if you want to fault ESPN and, and whomever else uh, in the largesse of the fantasy realm had given him tight end position, I'm all for that. But once that genie's out of the bottle, he's out of the bottle and creating havoc. So that came, you know, came time come dr- waiver wire clearing. Clearinghouse to make sure that this didn't happen, or once it was acknowledged that it, it existed, that the league had to get on the horn, right? We're doing Zoom calls all over the place. We got to figure this out, right? Even if ESPN or whatever league allows it, if in your individual league you decided this wasn't right, it becomes, I, I think it behooves everybody to get together to have the conversation, not after he's scoring well, essentially as a running back anyway, Uh, and what he put up in his points on Sunday as it went. Because, see, that's the thing that really kind of sucked about the – it wasn't passing touchdowns that ended up making his day. That would have made it probably, you know, uh, an an easier clear-cut kind of thing uh, because he pretty much did the Swiss Army uh, side of things that he'd been doing anyway, except he did some more from under center. But for me – You know, once that was that was out there, it was either you had to wrestle it before it became an event on Friday. Because then once he was named a starter, now how do you put that away? Especially if someone used all their free agent acquisition budget to go and try to claim him based on potentially that loophole.
2: That was the dilemma in our longtime league. And I actually had to take both sides of it. As someone in the league, as a competitor, as a team owner, I did not think that he should be used as a tight end. As a commissioner of how things were being run, I didn't think that it should be changed because of what you just said. But I the the tight end part is very I, I think is a big part of I just I have never seen Taysom Hill play the role of tight end on an NFL field. I would never even have of Considered him running back, wide receiver. Fine, he's been in those spots before, but never a tight end. So to have that, that was that was com- completely off. Also, in the same breath as that, is the the points that you're getting from a running back and a wide receiver, maybe a little bit more comparable to the quarterback position. The tight end is the different story, and when you try to compare it to other leagues, meaning other sports. There's nothing really in basketball that compares, but there is there are some tie-ins with baseball, with well dual eligibility of I, I would say of of somebody starting pitcher relief pitcher you could put them in a couple of different spots you could put uh, you know guys playing second base guys playing outfield move them around but I would also argue on the baseball portion of it baseball fantasy baseballs a much longer game. You know, there's 162 sure. games out of the season. In an NFL season, it's short. I think NFL rosters are are smaller than you would have baseball in baseball. So there's at least an opportunity to make up sort of things. And the, the just the gap of what you would get from a normal tight end to what he was going to score just to me was just threw it so out of whack is what I just I I had an issue with. So that that was me personally as an owner. I just thought it was just so way out of left field that it shouldn't be allowed.
1: Yeah, I would say that I I agree with the the analysis of where he's lined up. I guess maybe you call him an H back in some of those, which means you're kind of hybrid running back tight end, and then you flip a coin as to decide where you're at. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Especially since he's running pass routes and whatever with some frequency. But what you know for the other sports, it's kind of like if a guy has a catcher eligibility and then never catches another inning. Catcher position for fantasy baseball is usually a dearth of talent, right, where you have a couple of top-heavy guys, and then you're scrounging. Likewise, a center in fantasy basketball or a center in fantasy hockey. Those are rare, so if you have that eligibility – from a, a guy that really doesn't play that position, and I know basketball is now positionless, so it doesn't matter. But say you get the center eligibility, that that you know those advantages can be gained as well. But here it's so decided. You got Travis Kelsey is really the only guy on a weekly basis that is the set it and forget it. Almost everybody else you look at, going, well, I can argue myself into somebody else pretty easy.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's, I. <laughs> And and by the way, for those that, that may not know, ESPN made a statement on Monday saying that they were going to take off the tight end eligibility. So now that does affect the guys that, as you said, spent a lot of money, whether it be for the fab or however things played out, guys are now affected by that. Hopefully hopefully they were able to max out in week 11 and make it somewhat worth it for them because we are getting towards playoff time, but now everything has changed. I It was a, a great dilemma. I'm actually glad that we actually got to talk about it because it's a topic that it's one of the few times that there are – issues like this within the fantasy world now sites are going to try to do this all the time just so we can talk about it and blow it up a little bit more i always thought sure. that with cards like i thought maybe error cards were purposely put in so like sure. people would be you know like be thrown in and be like Your oh, billy Ripken card <laughs> yeah yeah well let's let this slide for a little while let's see what people say but this at least got people talking about fantasy football on a much uh, bigger level
1: Ah, different philosophical parts to it uh, Did you know there were like five or six Different attempts quote unquote To fix the Billy Ripken error Yeah that's no. right It's not just really? one there are several There's a scratch off there's a color over There's another different color over Oh yeah there's it, there there was far more to it than just hey some of them got the blank face comment and some just got covered up no there were <laughs> there were there were different ways that they uh corrected the error uh all those years ago i have one of the originals i may have a second one if i have a second one i'll send it to you maybe blow it up and uh You can frame it on your wall. Uh, (laughs) The the last with the F.A. The wife will love that. Well, you know, it's your man cave. Uh, The fab budget is, uh, remember, some folks also tie real... Currency to that, sure. So that's where the fights happen, Dan. <laughs> that's where the <laughs> fights happen. Fictional currency. All right, we'll argue about it, and when we do the draft next year, you'll make sure to add that into your league's constitution about eligibility. But in the interim, someone might have lost themselves a couple of six packs over that. The, uh,
2: the well, that's you know. There's another. There's another issue, and I'll just leave it at this. In our league, there are guys who are not as active as other owners. And it just came down to the basic principle of are you going to penalize the people who are active and taking part and reward those who aren't? Because there is a, there, it's been a problem in our league for a while with, with certain rules because you would like rules to be fair to everybody. But sometimes there's unintended consequences and they end up hurting uh, some people when they maybe shouldn't. Yeah, that's life. But that was another situation in our league. Like, just from the point that we brought up, guys being proactive, guys, you know, doing that sort of thing. And it basically came down to the fact of, all right, are we going to reward the lazy guys and penalize the guys who are active? Is this is how we're going to do it? And in the end, uh, we did not do it that way. But in week 12, it's not going to matter because uh, the positions are going to be changed anyway.
1: It's like office space. They
2: fixed the glitch. Yeah, they did. They did. You know, there is a, there is a glitch with Taysom Hill uh, and it happened with Alvin Kamara. Do you think that this continues? I was curious about Michael Thomas's, you know, stature and it seemed like that the two ended up getting a rapport, but it was Kamara who took the hit in the win against the Falcons. Is this something that you think could continue for one of the top fantasy backs in the game?
1: Yeah, I'm afraid of it for a couple of reasons. Uh, The fact that Hill will run the ball himself, but you also have Latavius Murray there, who I know you're a big fan of, and I've been a fan of him forever. Uh, So his presence is also concerning. Uh, You could see Taysom Hill made a uh, really concerted effort to get the ball out to Michael Thomas. I mean, the target count was Keenan Allen-esque when it was all said, hey, you want another one? Let's just keep force feeding and and try to make this happen. Uh, Yeah, for Kamara... I'm a little nervous that you you get a little bit of a downtick in his touches going forward and that goal line plunges. Now you've got so many different ways you can handle that. And he'll likes to call his own number being a dynamic runner. So yeah, some of that goal line work goes away. So Camara between the twenties is going to have to make the most of it.
2: I thought that. And when you see, when you see how he ends up being utilized, the pass catching ability of Alvin Kamara is the, you, you know, is the key part, and it just doesn't seem like Taysom Hill is going to be that guy that checks down or you know does anything. And I think that's where you could see because you saw it, Kamara got in the end zone, but the receiving totals just weren't there uh, for the yeah, Saints.
1: Can I just say also, uh, you know, it's they got the win, great. There were a couple of cringy moments of balls that he threw. And I don't know if that's first-time starter stuff or if those are going to be mechanic issues, right? Short arm in the ball or, you know, he had a couple that were obvious just drops, you know. I I don't know that they expected the ball coming out as hot as it did because they're used to Drew Brees. There's
0: no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
1: so maybe a little bit of a reaction time kind of thing because one sailed right through Michael Thomas's hands and he just looked around like nobody saw that right (laughs) it's like because you're the guy supposed to catch everything but you know there were a couple of short passes where he just didn't seem to trust what his velocity was supposed to be and I think that's to your point of where Camara gets affected out of the backfield
2: there were some bombs, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, and those yeah, are good those are going to be there the next 2 weeks. Uh, that is for sure.
6: Thunderstruck adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of Fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea. Brian got thunderstruck so hard his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray. Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival Choose one. Cruises earn US dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on carnival.com, ships, registry, Bahamas, Panama.
2: All right, moving on from the Saints, we go to one of the biggest stories from week 11 the injury to Joe Burrow of the <sighs> Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals were banged up anyway. Joe Mixon still out with that foot injury. So you were maybe riding Gio Bernard or Samaje P. Ryan, uh, but not a lot not a lot there, especially in, in Bernard's case. But this now also affects Tyler Boyd. This affects anybody that has T. Higgins, the uh, the Bengals. And, and, by the way, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm not playing Joe Mixon the rest of the season. There's nope. no point. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to. The injury for Burrow, a little bit more severe, but uh, that was one of the uh, the – the bad news situations we got in week 11
1: yeah my next to my uh fantasy taste of hill take my operation shut down a burrow didn't go quite viral four weeks ago but it was a talking (laughs) point for that coming out of that game and for justin herbert and for all these other guys like i think you've seen what you needed to and burrow has been a pinata behind that offensive line I mean, it was bad, and obviously, you know, free football is a contact sport, and injuries happen all the time. Just when you, the thing I looked at, and I said this a little bit with Jason Smith on on our show Monday night, was I don't blame the Bengals altogether, right? And I, and I know it's hot take theater to say, hey, they should have benched him three weeks ago because you you'd gotten glimpses of what you needed to see he's your guy not because look auditions all around right Tua gets pulled we'll get to him (laughs) as we we go forward but like you you know what you have in Joe Burrow but you didn't adjust the offense to make sure that he had some quick outs that he had some easier routes you were pushing Mm -hmm. the ball downfield and part of that's you know his DNA but the other part is if that's your game plan then your game plan was terrible knowing how much he got beat up. And everybody was bringing up Andrew Luck and all these other Yeah, they walked away from the game so they were because they were bludgeoned. Why would you want to put this guy into those same paces? If we're going to be comparing him to what David Card had with Houston all those years ago or what Andrew Luck had with Indy those first couple of years, why would you not go out of your way to prevent that? In your play calling, if you knew your personnel wasn't up to snuff. And as soon as Joe Mixon got hurt, that's when things really went south. Because you mentioned P. Ryan, you mentioned Giovanni Bernard. They're barely falling forward. They're just a shade Mm -hmm. under six feet. They average about 2.2 yards a carry between them. Okay, so to to that end, you have no sense of balance. And you're just hanging the guy out to dry. So
2: it was an absolutely awful Sunday for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. It wasn't a great Sunday for the Vikings, but it was a great Sunday for Adam Thielen and fantasy owners. That was the good news. The bad news then came Monday that Thielen ends up being placed on the reserve COVID list. Now, the Vikings have the Panthers coming up in week 12. Panthers coming off of a game against the Lions that they blanked Detroit, which is as much of an indictment on Matt Patricia as you could have, because the issues that the Lions would have, well, you just look at what the Panthers were playing without, and they were still able to muster together a 20 to nothing shutout of Detroit. Point being, Mike, there could be some big pieces missing from that Panthers Vikings game on Sunday. And with the three Thursday games, how do people proceed with the status of Thielen up in the air and the likeliness? I don't even know if that's a word, I think it is, but the uh, the likelihood, the likeliness, uh, or it being likely that Christian probability, McCaffrey's, I don't know probability. Whatever. Yeah, we can all use it. The that Christian McCaffrey is going to miss another game. How do we move forward, especially with the three games on Thursday?
1: Well, at least we can still celebrate that on occasion. Mike Davis has some fantasy viability. If nothing else, you know you're going to get your touches. So, hang a star on him. We'll continue with Thielen, Now it's the all right. Let's shore up the wide receiver rotation, and hope that he's available. Uh, hope's a dangerous thing as we well know, but uh it, it's there's certainly opportunity if he plays and we know that it really doesn't matter who's on him. He's got sticky hands. I saw all the jokes, Dan, uh, perhaps crude in this COVID environment, but you know, the Adam Thielen catches everything, so ha ha ha, he caught COVID too. I so, see, the,
2: <laughs> there was there was a there was a there was a race for the gold medal because the joke that I saw thirty times was well, no Cowboys got close to him, so he's good. Oh. So the Cowboys players should be should be negative. I I saw that joke about three times they, as well.
1: There you go. Take the other side of it. So yeah, you've got Jefferson, and that, it's just a question of whether you want to go down that depth chart. I would be looking at other other teams and other options because you know when we look at Captain Kirk, it, it's a ride the lightning kind of situation with him week to week as it is. Huh.
2: Metallica, all right, I like it. The uh, PJ Man, it's Walker go old school ex- a little bit, yeah. The PJ Walker experiment, though, I uh, I tell you, you know, he throws a pretty football, and he mm. got the football outside of of Mike Davis. Still got the football to DJ Moore. Got it to Curtis Samuel. Robbie Anderson had nine targets and seven catches. So it wasn't like they were, you know, that. They had really lost a step without Teddy. And as you said, Mike Davis isn't Christian McCaffrey. But, yeah, I think uh, P.J. Walker served himself pretty well in week 11.
1: Yeah, he was fantastic, right? We saw him winging around. And as you said, a big indictment on Matt Patricia and Detroit as to what they are for the final six weeks. I don't know how much we we alluded to it the other day, how much of the backlash uh, from the Stafford family. Really ate into what was going on in th- in their locker room yeah. at all right? I think there's as, as I related. think there are
2: lions fans that would like them to leave the state of Michigan as well, but that's a completely believe, different story, yeah
1: I think there might be something to that, so uh the the what winter of discontent or something like that, but when we look at the the offense for Carolyn, look at Walker. I mean, winging the ball around. You mentioned D.J. Moore. He's one of the guys uh, as we get into the, the hot plays. I mean, you just see week in and week out putting up numbers, and all of those guys are, are getting theirs even if it's not world beating. The loss of Christian McCaffrey necessitates change to the play calling, and I think they've adapted brilliantly You know, to make sure these guys all get fed Because you would think one of them would be the odd man out. Instead, they're all at least getting opportunities. And really, as we talk about all the time here on the podcast, all I can say is look at what the data suggests in terms of opportunities, whether it be a matchup play or just play counts, snap counts our targets, that's really all we can promise. And at least Carolina, to that end, they're they're doing a good job distributing the ball and making everybody happy and keeping defenses on their toes. So uh, applaud, uh, uh, applauding them. And for P.J. Walker, everybody got to know his name and we got to celebrate the XFL because how many Vince McMahon memes did you see on
2: Sunday? (laughs) There were a few, there were a few. By the way, I am glad that we get to do this. The Detroit Lions... You get epic fails. Epic fail. When you lose 20 to nothing, you deserve the epic fails drop. So that's what the Lions get. When we look back at our recommendations for week 11, I only focus on my two and my give you one reason to start and give you one reason to bench a guy. And again, seemingly like every week, I go one for two. I will say this. I did take the easy way out when I said, I'm going to give you a reason to bench Derrick Henry because I said, you're not going to bench him. So I was kind of covering my back end, covering my losses. If I was really going to stick to it, I would have just said, sit Derrick Henry. But I don't recommend doing that. I thought the Ravens were going to keep him in check. And really for about three quarters, they did. You weren't thinking that it was going to be a great Derrick Henry game. Then the fourth quarter came. Then the overtime came and a buck 33 and Derrick Henry's in the end zone. But I do think that I hit on the give you one reason to start, which is connected to the Panthers. I went to the Curtis Samuel well again, ended up having eight catches for 70 yards, had uh, another four yards rushing, but got into the end zone. So a 21.4 point game. If you started Curtis Samuel at week 11.
1: I dig that. And look, the, Guys like Derrick Henry are, in my case, like it's the Aaron Rodgers. It's the, you're not benching them, but you're getting a bit nervous, right? Sure. That you may not get your numbers. And for Derrick Henry, that fourth quarter and an overtime run, obviously the game sealer. I mean, how many people raised arms in victory? Like they were end of Shawshank and they'd crawled through the field, sitting there in the rain, uh, Tim Robbins style. All right, I'll leave it alone. Uh, all right, for my, my cold sores of the week, I mentioned Rodgers. He finished seventh. I wasn't feeling it against Indianapolis. Uh, Deshaun Watson had himself a killer game uh, top performer. Uh, at the position for the week didn't expect much out of him mentioned earlier mike evans found the end zone i'll give myself the loss for that one uh as well perhaps not epic but a loss and then of course anybody that used or wasted a roster spot i think long term it'll hold some value uh but got excited about Jameis and maybe picked him up instead of someone else uh blame me i guess you know it'll make you feel better about yourself so you can go and and hammer me there as well i threw out
2: a quick theory and i'm going to just run a past you on Jameis in the saints aside from him having less time in the system than Taysom hill did and aside from the reports that we had heard of sean payton uh you know saying that Taysom hill this is
4: it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where
0: he's going next.
7: You know, as an opportunity
2: to be the heir apparent, they can do different things. I also think that there is a bit of part of the Saints that are thinking, you know, if Jameis doesn't play, who's going to give him a contract? Like, maybe oh, he'll want to come deal. back and do the Teddy Bridgewater thing again, and then you have him for another year, and then maybe he becomes your starter after having a, a, a normal training camp with the team. I think I, – I don't know if it's likely, but it is a theory that I put out there that, hey, if he sits on the bench, Breeze comes back, there isn't another team in the As- National Football League that would maybe be willing to throw a lot of money at him. So just I like uh, that yeah
1: long-term chess game by sean payton not to mention they did pay well as as we talked about earlier though dan all all the money that they spent on Taysom hill this time around so perhaps that was part of the decision making plan as well
2: i did watch the queen's gambit i will not pretend i know a lot about chess so i will not make any chess references there
3: for me trading isn't just a hobby right it's your future yeah so i need a platform that takes trading as
5: seriously as i do
3: that makes sense well with a community of traders that share strategies right on the platform we can help you build a future you've been working towards think or swim by td ameritrade the
2: greatest news of all there is no buys in week 12. All right, all 32 teams playing in the National Football League. We get a break. There will be the Buccaneers and Panthers in week 13, so we're not completely done with the buys, but after week 13, we will. 30 teams in the NFL have already had their buys, so we we get with the Thanksgiving holiday. No buys, so you don't have to fill your rosters because of buy weeks, but there may be some guys coming off of buys that you could be interested in picking up. And I can't remember, Mike, if I mentioned this last week, but one of the Guys, that I have my eye on that you should target in your waiver wire situation is Daniel Jones of the Giants. If he is available in your league, the next three games that he has, he's got Cincinnati this week, Seattle and Arizona after that we know about Seattle's defense Arizona can maybe get after you but these next two weeks could be a possibility if you have Joe Burrow as your backup maybe go pick up Daniel Jones he's actually a guy that I would look at picking up this week in your waiver wire coming off of a bye people may not think about him but for the next couple of weeks for the Giants who like everybody else in the NFC East are the thick of it Daniel Jones could be a play for you the next couple of weeks
1: you're alive with a pretty good defense. That's probably going to give you good field position as they go after Ryan Finley, not to be confused with our colleague at Fox sports radio, Brian Finley, Uh, Finley came in and he just looked grossly overmatched. So we'll see what another week as the full on starter uh, and getting practice reps does. We still have Boyd and Higgins and whatever else, but uh, for Daniel Jones, Slayton, uh, we've seen Shepard and a little more Golden Tate once he got back in the good graces. So an opportunity there for for him. He's only owned in about twenty three percent of leagues uh, as we sit right now. Dan
2: Ryan Finley doesn't have fanatics on his side like Brian Finley does. I can guarantee yet, that no. as well.
1: Yeah, you've of, got.
2: Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I was gonna say a couple of other names, but if you want to talk about the Finley fanatics, I'm all
1: for it. No, I, I, I got nothing on that. I had I had some <laughs> other names. I got I got nothing on the fanatics. There's there, that's a whole other problem that's waiting for you. But. <laughs> oh, I, I love the Fenley
2: Fanatics. I love Fenley. I love Fenley more so than the Fanatics. Uh the couple of other names that I want to throw out there. Devontae Booker, uh, Gus Edwards, mm-hmm. because who else is there in Baltimore? Uh, but I do it. think the, the Raiders, the 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 pound game, I know you don't necessarily want to take the number two running back, but I do think that the Raiders will continue to try to pound the football. And what about a guy like James White with the Patriots, with Rex Burkhead uh, going down? James White could be a name you want to look at in week 12.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'd seen Burkhead used as a receiver a little bit more the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, just be be aware that Sony Michelle didn't get activated this week. Well, yeah. he did, and then he didn't. But he probably shows back up in the mix, at least for carries. But James White, always a good safety valve for you there. Uh, for whatever reason, you mentioned Gus Edwards, 20% owned, and obviously Dobbins and Ingram in COVID protocol. You got Michael Pittman. No matter how much we beg people, they haven't picked him up. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, still, still, uh, still available in Wait. two-thirds of leagues. Lee, our executive producer, you picked up Pittman. All
2: right, there, there you, you go. go. Somebody's listening. All right, at least.
1: This one guy acted on our, our <laughs> advices. Uh, you've got uh, Phillip Rivers, his quarterback, three t- three touchdown games in the last five. But because the first four or five weeks were so bad, I think people are gun shy unless you're in a two QB league to even add him as a backup. Uh, Des Bryant, if you're de- depending on how big your league is, he got five targets for the Ravens. And right now their offense is a mess, uh, which is a whole other thing. Uh, And we can break that down in a 90 minute session. Another time Uh, in your land, even if Chris Carson comes back, Carlos Hyde has value. He's available in 60% of leagues. And then a couple of tight ends. Why? Because, well, we talked about Taysom Hill and the desperation to find a player. Well, they don't get to use him there anymore. So they might have to go to the wire. And that means Dalton Schultz for more targets, pretty much every week of the year, 39 receptions, only owned in 23% of leagues. And then you got Jordan Reed. He was five of six for 62 ahead of the 49ers by and Nick Mullins looking for safety valves uh, as those wide receivers start to get healthy.
2: All right. On Turkey day, we get our serving of the lions. I find it interesting that the NFC North seems to have a bit of a rotation of playing the Lions where you'll get the Packers one year, then you'll get a Bears matchup, and then you'll get a Vikings matchup. And when they switch off with CBS, it's usually they'll have an AFC team. That's how it used to be in the old days. Now there's a little bit more flexibility. But for some reason, we, we get the Texans a lot against the Lions on Thanksgiving. I, I think this is like the third time we've seen, and I'm actually going to check this out like in recent history, but I just... I. We get the Texans a lot on Thanksgiving. We get them against the Lions on Thursday. Kenny Galladay, if they were would have practiced on Monday, would have been limited for Detroit. The bad news for them is DeAndre Swift would have been out of practice because of his concussion, his status really up in the air. But the Lions coming up against the Texans pretty shorthanded in game one on Turkey Day.
1: Yeah, once again, we we look at uh, that backfield thinking that maybe you find some love with Adrian Peterson. Well, he didn't do a whole lot uh, with Swift deactivated, uh, really didn't find much success at all. Obviously, the shutout, one of the few that you get each season. Uh, for Houston, we know Cooks and we know Will Fuller, two rock solid plays, and for Deshaun Watson... Look, it's a much happier environment since Bill O'Brien went away. So that is one thing on your Thanksgiving day. There's no Bill O'Brien to torment you uh, <laughs> and, and perhaps ruin your, your early morning gluttony uh, as you get things started. Maybe, you know, that in, in comparison to any uh, parade watching you do virtually uh, along the way. But there's got to be some reason. I mean, Texas must really just watch anything football related on Thanksgiving well, Day. Otherwise, why, why would you keep putting the Texans out there? You know, I ended up looking
2: it up and I gave them maybe a little bit too much credit, but this is what it was. The Lions played the Texans in 2012, which also that year was Washington against the Cowboys that season. And then the Lions had the Packers the year after, the Bears. The Eagles, the Vikings, the Vikings, the Bears, the Bears, and now the Texans again. So I think maybe I thought that the Texans had a little bit more, but this is the second time. And, And with the teams that I mentioned, Mike, consecutive AFC matchups for the Lions would be, the Texans. It's the only AFC team that they've played, and when they have, they did have the Patriots a few years ago, and I think the Patriots may have worn their throwbacks on that game, which uh, was even better. But so it wasn't three times, but there was uh, there was another uh, Texans game. I knew that they played in Detroit because I remembered that one, and we get you know we get Washington and Dallas quite a bit. and We'll get it again uh, this time around. Let's dive into that one. You just mentioned Dalton yeah. Schultz a little while ago as a possible target. Uh, Washington uh, I I like Antonio Gibson I I like him in the stretch run for Washington here uh, on fantasy rosters but what do you see in our our game number two on Thanksgiving day
1: was very excited about JD McKissick until he only got two targets Uh, This week, Uh, and it took all the air out of my Thanksgiving Day balloon. See, there you go. I I tied it back to the parade. Very good. Uh, Very good. Yeah. Uh, Look, Terry McLaurin's unstoppable. He's a guy that we're looking at for this week. He actually cracks my top five again. Uh, For the Dallas side of things, having Andy Dalton upright showed that good things can happen, right? As he started winging the ball around, C.D. Lamb making ridiculous catches to rival that of Adam Thielen and then you look at Gallup who's a little underserved Amari Cooper getting his we mentioned Schultz and lining up Ezekiel Elliott as a receiver to get things started a nice little ploy right get a couple of blockers in front of them they were better at blocking than any of the offensive line work uh, coming into that game Uh, but he got a season high 103 rushing yards up against Minnesota. So I, I think you're, you're looking at uh, an offense that could be interesting. Uh, Andy Dalton's a guy I'm, I'm curious to see the follow-up effort, right, and see if they can't keep pushing the ball downfield. I know Washington and that defensive front is is difficult, but with the number of pass catchers you've got out there for Andy Dalton, and he's got no conscience, right? We're talking about auditions mm-hmm. for future contracts, whatever. He's got no delusions that he's the guy in Dallas, I mean, Jerry Jones has all but committed his life to re-signing Dak Prescott at some point, uh, even if they haven't actually come to terms on dollars. So why not just wing it around and show people that your arms still sound and that you can make throws? So I'm looking for Dallas to come out and wing it around.
2: Uh, Historically, by the way, the Thanksgiving Day games are the highest rated regular season games you get in an NFL season. So you could have the Lions playing the Jets and people are going to watch that bad boy. So it's, I mean, Washington and Dallas will get the highest ratings. I'll guarantee it. It'll even be more than the last game we're going to talk about. But Thanksgiving Day delivers and likely the Lions and Texans, no matter what you think of those teams, still will probably get. At least, I'll say this, they'll be in the top five. I don't know if they'll be the top of the list because maybe people aren't getting together as much, but I do think that Washington and and the Cowboys end up getting that top TV rating because that's the game that happens every year, the Cowboys, on Thanksgiving.
1: Well, you got to celebrate Jerry World on on Thanksgiving Day. It's a tradition unlike any other. Mocking the Lions, watching Jerry, (laughs) and then whatever that – you know, potpourri. Uh, you know, the third game uh, roll shuffle up and deal. What do we get?
2: And I've said it before. I don't want to live in a world where the Lions don't play on Thanksgiving. I it is my tradition, uh, like so many others, and I do not want that to end. I don't want them to be taken off that game. I uh, that that would be a shame in my mind. Now the late game. I'm 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 usually not a big fan of adding primetime football, but I actually like it in this case. The Thanksgiving places that we went to would always keep some stupid concert on afterwards or have some, you know, it always transitioned maybe to, to Christmas or the holidays right after the Thanksgiving meal that night. So another game on allows for football to be played the Ravens won't be getting together because they have a COVID outbreak on their team, but we still expect them to travel to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. We talked about their shorthandedness, but this, I don't know if this will be the same old Raven Steelers game that we are accustomed to seeing, or even like the one that we saw earlier this season.
1: Is it the Ravens last stand dot, dot, dot. Are we going to do that every dun, dun, dun. week for the rest of the season? right is that where we're at every week cuz right now Lamar Jackson for most people can't play football he's on the cold sore list cuz i just don't know what i'm going to get right the, the fact that you don't have a true pass catcher outside of Mark Edwards leaves leaves you problem problematic right we mentioned Des Bryant a guy they signed off the street and i'm happy he's got a job in the NFL but you can't get Boykin or Brown open with any regularity which means it's the, been the sledgehammer but if you only have one member of that tri- trio going at that front for the Steelers, it could be a very long day for Lamar Jackson and company. Pittsburgh, I mean, Claypool's a ridiculous, what, 10 touchdowns in his first 10 games, which is just an amazing feat considering the number of mouths that Ben Roethlisberger's feeding in addition mm-hmm. to his own family. I mean, you, you think about all those receivers. I mean, I, I think he's got more than are allowed uh, to catch balls based on current COVID rules. Sorry, COVID joke. Uh But like, because they're not getting much out of the run game, right? We thought James Conner was going to have this resurgence, both you and I, pretty heavy. And it's still coming off on Ben Roethlisberger's arm is really where they're going to have to make their living this year.
2: I gave up on James Conner uh, after week one. He was on my team. I didn't let him go. I continued to play him. And then he turned it around. Traded him and he continued to produce, but then slowly, 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 Mm -hmm. it started to wither away. And, you know, I I mean, even a couple of weeks ago, and you said that they've got a bunch of different guys, but we had talked about Deontay Johnson, and I thought that Juju Smith Schuster moved off of the number one guy. Now, all those guys put up number one type numbers, but Johnson had 16 targets against Jacksonville. Like, like Ben looks for him all the time claypool is the guy to break your back to uh goal line situations you know he he's gonna make a play that is going to bust the game open but in the normal situations ben seems to really look for deontay johnson who was a yard away from a from a touchdown in jacksonville but he's the guy i mean 12 catches to everybody else's four yeah i mean Mm
6: -hmm.
2: yeah there's there's something going on there
1: well, second year guy, game changer, and at this point he's also working through the entire route tree. I know that that sounds cliche and the inside football thing, but you trust him at any point in the field, right yeah, you know juju's more your. Your downfield guy is is the way it's developed. Claypool is that Swiss Swiss army knife. And particularly in the red zone, he's just gotten to be very good at creating space. And when you don't have the tight end, like you did for all those years, your Heath Millers and Ebron has his spots, but he's also let Ben down in a few games this year. So perhaps doesn't get the target count. He might otherwise, you saw the touchdown this week, but uh, this past week in, in week 11, but you know, Claypool's become that that red zone beast, and I'm curious to see what that final tally is when we get to week 17.
2: A couple of things. Number one, I think the only person that Ben likes more than Deontay Johnson is Ben. So you've got that going for Deontay Johnson. Connor did have 89 yards against Jacksonville. Running backs aren't putting up monster numbers this year outside of Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. So he, like many others, becomes touchdown dependent, but even outside of what he had this past week, it just has been difficult for James Conner and is tough to tough to trust uh, in situations because he was coming off of weeks of 47, 22, and 36 yards. And that wasn't good. That was not so good in the, as you would like to say. All right, let's wrap this baby up. Three-point conversion, my three things that you need to know. And it's going to continue on the Thanksgiving theme. Make sure you have someone on Thanksgiving Day. There's a likely chance that you would. Six teams are in action, but it makes it a lot more enjoyable. There's nothing worse than having no one playing and you just rooting against people. It puts you in a bad mood. At least you can cheer for someone, which will make you a little bit more excited. I am uh, looking forward to playing people on Thanksgiving. You may not want to play six of your guys because then you are <laughs> then you really will be in a bad mood if things don't work out. But make sure you play someone on Thanksgiving. I'm bringing a Points of Palooza back for Week 12, Mike. Sweet. Charger, chargers and Bills will be the points of Palooza that we have in week 12. So get in your Bills. Get in your Bolts. Get them in. That's our points of Palooza for week 12. And finally, I mentioned to pick up Daniel Jones Roll with some Giants this week. Don't be afraid of it. You know, Mike mentioned the, the targets of Darius Slayton, of Golden Tate, of Evan Ingram. There are guys there. I like Daniel Jones as a pickup. They've got the Bengals. Roll with some Giants this week. I don't think that you're going to be disappointed, especially if you have some holes in your lineups.
1: I like the way you think. All right, number one, uh, between waiver wire and, and roster management, one of those big things, time to do some cleaning. Not the spring, but pretend like your relatives are showing up. In other words, start looking at the schedule down the road for those playoff weeks and see if there's any matchups to be exploited, guys on the wire that maybe have been forgotten, especially when you're looking at maybe unused spots where I, we don't normally advocate having a second kicker laying around, but there just might be a three-game stretch that makes sense, or the defense that's the perfect one for week. You know, the first week of the playoffs as opposed to what you've been running with. The other that goes along with that, obviously, is making sure nobody's handcuffs are still available, particularly your own, right? We've seen so many injuries throughout this year, yet I see in a lot of leagues that the percentage of unowned, you know, Alexander Madison's, and I won't sing the song, but Dalvin Cook's running the ball a lot. There's a lot of exposure for potential just an ankle a knee mm-hmm. you know takes a stinger whatever the case may be so just be smart about it uh, and it you know we we love green and, and red during the Christmas season right we celebrate a lot of red with sure. a suit and everything else uh, I'll It's more orange, but let's go with Andy Dalton in the heart of Texas uh, on your Thanksgiving day as one of our ninja plays for the week. We'll give him a little bit of love. And because it's the ubiquitous name, you mentioned the Chargers as a whole. I love what we're seeing with Justin Herbert with Mike Williams. And so Mike Williams is a guy that still is unowned in a lot of leagues and certainly unplayed in a lot of leagues despite having five or more targets four straight, 72-plus yards, three of the last four, and knowing Justin Herbert likes to sling the ball downfield. Yes, Keenan Allen is a black hole, and there's going to be 12 to 20 targets uh, his way on a given week. But we know this, that Williams is a guy who's become a trusted deep ball player. So let's light it up once again.
2: I know this will be our only episode of the week, but there will be stuff out there. Maybe even throwing some stuff out later in the week, just for you to uh, to get the info. You'll uh, have some numbers and some rankings if you want to throw out there. But this is going to be our Thanksgiving edition of the I Want Your Flex podcast. You can always reach us at I Want Your Flex. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox, and our executive producer is Lee Delap. You can find him on Twitter at Lee Delap. Well, it has been fun. I am thankful to do this podcast with you guys. I hope that uh, your Thanksgivings are plentiful, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you after Week 12 is in the books, and hopefully we will all be in good spirits. Hopefully we can plan for the playoffs, and just hopefully we can all be safe and healthy. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Have a good
6: one, guys. Talk to you soon. Face. Thunderstruck.